It's a fun October day, isn't it, guys? Yes. I'm <laughs> Today we will talk about Jexy at minute six. We'll talk about Lucy in the Sky at minute 11. El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, around minute 15. The Adams Family around minute 30, Gemini Man starring Will Smith versus Will Smith around minute 52, and DVDs and what's going on around town around one hour and three minutes. I'm Lynn Van House. I am Carl Middleman. And I am returning champion Jim Bats. You, did you get to say that on a millionaire? No, 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 because they and I didn't, they didn't, didn't bring me back. Well, because yeah. you, well, you did the... Uh, the weekday version with Meredith. Yes, and yes. they didn't carry people over to another day. Well, they did. Actually, they did me because I uh, I came in on the last oh, three right. minutes of the question. Thursday. I had like three questions on the Thursday show, and then I got to hear the horns go off, and I said, "Oh, we that's all we have time for you. You can come back tomorrow." And I was like, "Well, yeah." Well, Which I'm gonna... was actually the same day. Yeah, right? yeah. But I did uh, do a change of clothes there when we had a few minutes really? in between. Yeah, yeah. I they want to give the illusion. Yeah, they want you to bring a couple of you know. Yeah, different but nobody. Outfits. Knows that they well everyone knows that they tape a well, week in a day yeah, yeah yeah that they do five episodes a day you that's know? why Pat uh, Pat Sajak can still do well but that's but it's also who's gonna know what you were wearing from the day before. Well, it's on tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah yes, but, a lot of people. Well, I think uh, I think Paul Harris was telling me that he uh, he like uh, like loads up on Jeopardy. He'll you know mm-hmm. record you know, a week's worth or two weeks worth, and then watch them all in one se- you know sitting with his wife or something. And some people do that, so okay. I guess that's that's for them. But yeah, uh, Millionaires of Memory now it's it finally ceased production. The daily version of it right. here a few months ago, mm-hmm. and so and I I was telling um, uh, Matt to Kinner the other night who was also. Yeah. Yeah, Matt was also in and he blew ten thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well he got he got a couple of questions I wish I'd have had. He had one about Betty Davis, I wish I, I had. Just... But uh, but I, I when I was uh, visiting my mother in Southern Illinois, one of the local affiliates was advertising a new game show called Twenty Five Year Words or Less, hosted by Meredith Vieira. Oh. So I was like, well, gosh, I, that doesn't make our time together that special if Aww. you're just going to go off and do another game show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, uh, uh, that's that's still exciting, though. And, and uh, you live on in, in YouTube. In you YouTube, know, yeah. Yeah, still get a little comments in there about it. Yeah, I know that guy. And, oh, I would have known that one and all that, you know. So, you well, know, like, yeah. yeah. A lot of people say, oh, I would have, you know. Sure well, they the, the, the question I walked on, oh, I would have gone for that. I was like, really? No, you if wouldn't. If you wouldn't, you know, would you want to risk, like, I would have been risking, oh, I guess, you know, $225,000. Exactly. So that's a, quite a risk unless you're really sure. And so. you weren't. No, I wasn't. I wasn't at all. So, but I would have loved to have seen because at, at that time they showed you the the the, the subject matter or the uh, different uh, money questions, and the subject of the million dollar question. You remember, John Wayne. Oh, you would have known that probably. I might have. Yes, yes. I'd love to have seen it also because one of my best friends from college who is in Collinsville now. Huge John Wayne fan. He would have gotten a kick out of that. So. Well, Norm Macdonald, I saw him win the million uh, well, during the Primeto show. Right? You know, Regis scared him off. Oh, because uh, he was about to give the right answer for the million-dollar yeah. question, and Regis said, "You, you understand that this is, you know, for you'll it's be for you charity. Know, yeah, it's for charity, and you're gonna, you know, if you're wrong, you'll go from five hundred thousand to twenty-five thousand. And Norm's like, oh, I better not. And I think it was about the name of one of the presidential uh, dogs. Not the, not the dogs, but it's kind of like Camp David. And I think the the answer was Greenbrier, which I guess was the the getaway for maybe Truman or something like that. So, but uh, you know, Norm knew it, but he just got spooked, you know. Uh. But 
you know, with this one, I was like, I, you know, I was mulling it over, and I was like, I told mom, and she said, you know, don't go for it unless you're really certain. If you get past mm-hmm. twenty five grand, and, you know, before that, you can guess a little bit, right? But with that, yeah. But it was so weird because the two hundred fifty thousand dollar question, I knew before she finished reading it. I was like, I can't believe this. That so, you knew it, you got lucky. See, it I was did, luck. I did. It was in my wheelhouse. So there you go. Yeah, Matt was doing really good on the show because I watched it, and then he just. He got it to pushed about almost famous, as yeah. I remember the, and it was the, like, the Cameron Crowe movie. And it was about well the the, the I guess the Kate the Hudson's character is based on the real life girlfriend of a rocker from which group, I think was the question. And I think it was I think she was the uh, the girlfriend of uh, what's his name, Lars from Metallica. Okay. Uh, Lars Ulrich. Lars Ulrich, okay. Yeah, yeah. But enough about the Kate shows, right. I yeah, guess. Yeah, let's talk let's talk about the five movies that come out this week. Let's start with the Two movies that, I guess three movies we didn't see. First, let's start with Jexy, which is her, but a comedy. Yeah. It's Adam Devine Mm -hmm. and... Justin Hartley, the hunk from This Is Us, and Alexandra Ship, I believe is her name, who uh, is the teenage version of Storm okay. in the X-Men film, the last couple of X-Men films. And I'm starting to think she was, uh, oh, she was in the Shaft reboot okay. last year also. Well, and, uh, they didn't screen that for us. And I like Adam Devine. I do, I do. He's been everywhere promoting it. I think he actually co-hosted Entertainment Tonight a couple of nights ago. And I, I'm really surprised because they showed us the, the you know, the, the Dave and whoever need wedding dates, that, yeah. that film of his, which I thought was pretty entertaining. Who's the uh, distributor? Who's... I, I don't know. Oh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Not, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, well, you know, comedies, we have a better track record of getting the comedies than we do with the horror films. Right. You know, I was uh, at a function the other day, and a friend's daughter was asking, well, what, what about this horror film? What about that one? I was like, you know, they they, bear, they show us maybe 10% or 15% of the ones that get released at theaters we get to see. So, And uh, we have a little better track record with the comedy. I think we see probably about 70% of the comedies that but are released frequently. It's it's her with Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. And uh, who, uh, it was uh, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah, it was the voice of the, uh, the, the of the her. Device. And uh, Emmy Adams is in that too, wasn't she? Wasn't she in her? Uh, and Chris Pratt. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, Amy was like the neighbor or something of uh, Joaquin, and Joaquin wrote uh, greeting card stuff. Mm-hmm. Didn't he? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And or Oscar-winning stuff. script by Spike Jones. I, I I love her, and I think it is great. It was in my top ten that year. I love that movie. This is basically what happens if the AI goes rogue and like he doesn't love her anymore and so she like takes revenge. I think that's a cute idea for a movie, but I guess it's not very good. Well, or else know, they'd, I, they'd screen it for us. Well, you describe or, it. I, I'm thinking of, uh, well, going way back four decades to Demon Seed, the uh, Julie Christie thriller. Wow. In which the computer really starts acting on its uh, going rogue and acting on its impulses. Yeah. But this um, is AI, so she's she can control other AIs and I... I I don't. Those th- Alexas creep me out. Anyway, why? They just do. Uh, this one kid in my when I first taught intro to mass com at Edwardsville, um, this one kid was telling me this is three years ago where um, he would just say to Alexa, you know, like buy more toilet paper, and it would come right to the door. Well, yeah, and that's, I that's said, how it works. I know. 
put like Amazon and I just, puts it out. Yeah. I know, and I went, oh, my God, we're living in the Jetsons. And the whole class <laughs> laughed at you. But I was so it's happy like, that the they Jetson? knew. I knew yeah. that, I mean, I was so happy they knew it was the, Jetsons. the Jetsons. Oh, I'm really? I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, but that's just creepy. And I think I'm the voice sorry. of Lexi in this is Rose Byrne, I think. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I guess I'm following in the tradition of Scarlet to have, you know, a, a pretty, soothing voice right. of a pretty lady. Yes. But, but the fact that somebody might be listening in on everything you're doing is just yeah. really creepy. And then plus, I'm old school. I like to go to local stores and support local businesses. And unfortunately, okay. a lot of times, I guess people are, you know, looking up something on Amazon, seeing what it looks like, and then going to a local store to actually see it in person or, see, you know, and, and then getting it, it from Amazon. And then anyway. getting it from Amazon. That's not right. Soon. You know, because local people promote, uh, you know, it's a whole big economic thing. And I guess because I, I cover municipalities, I'm really sensitive to that. But the fact is, if it you can't get it elsewhere, right? then okay. But if you can get it, in your local community but i understand like my son in new york they they get most everything just brought to their house See, because I, it's hard i like this cast it's got adam divine alexander ship michael pena oh, oh that's right he's playing he's uh, yeah that, uh, i think uh the the, the, the fellow's boss that are okay wanda have... sykes ron funches charlene Yee, and i guess rose Byrne is the voice it is it's cbs films Okay, I was about to look that up. CBS hmm. Films. It's really. CBS Films. They've been pretty good showing stuff to us. Yeah. Oh. But maybe well, it's... if Michael Pena's in something, it's worth a look. Always. He's one of those guys that we we well, consider. Right, and Lionsgate. I was going to say, they wouldn't, show, well, they wouldn't show chips to us, and that was Michael Pena. Yeah, and, well, yeah, well, and sometimes that was, it's a paycheck movie. It was awful. Man. That was awful. I finally saw that on I saw. Show. I saw it. I'm like, what is this? I've never seen this. And it was chips. And I said... Now I remember why they didn't show this to us. <laughs> yes, it was, was on HBO. Say, was, was Michael in that film with Jake Gyllenhaal at the mm-hmm. series film about the cops? They, oh, which got good reviews. End of Watch. And they, of watch, watch. And they didn't show People that People love either. that. Yeah. that but, is, but it was oh. it was also released like the week of Christmas. It was mm-hmm. one of those that fell through the cracks because they both should have been nominated. Oh, yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And that is considered one of the great movies of the decade. Yes. Indeed. All right, so let's move on to the other movie that none of us saw, Lucy in the Sky. This is the sad tale of the astronaut played by Natalie Portman. With a bad haircut. Yeah. And a a strange name. uh, Cola. I'm not (laughs) sure um, her relationships, but it... It's uh, it's based on a true story. Based on a true story. Inspired by true events, as John Hamm said to Stephen Colbert. Right. It's inspired by true events. Stephen walk away from the desk. Do (laughs) Do you remember this story? It was probably about 10 years ago. This woman drove from... Uh, Florida to Texas in diapers to go confront either her boyfriend's wife or was she the mistress? I don't remember the whole thing, and we didn't see the movie. Uh, but but she oh, had a bunch of hardware to... in there that was going to restrain right. her and knock her out, like a hammer and right. plastic tubing and all that. And it became the uh, the, the gist of the late night talk shows because the, the she was wearing lady. it. She was a diaper. But then what we found out was the reason they were going from Florida to Texas is because they were going from Fort Canaveral or Cape Canaveral to Houston, where she was an astronaut. Yeah, yeah. And they were all astronauts. And the girlfriend was an astronaut, and the boyfriend was an astronaut. John Hamm plays the man. Yeah. And then Natalie Portman plays 
diaper lady. Yes, yes, yes. And I believe uh, Ham's, uh, I don't know if it's his wife or, or his girlfriend, it is Zazie The other Beats, woman. Yes. Who, was, uh, who we saw in The Joker recently. And that, uh, that uh, I guess, Natalie Portman has a husband in it who is played by Dan Stevens, the Beast right. from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Downton Abbey. And Downton Abbey. And as I uh, recall, uh, Tom Stockman reviewed it for our site. He has said that... Uh, that uh, Dan Stevens has a Ned Flanders mustache. Oh, nice. So he's the, the well, cuckold husband in this. Well, we didn't see it because it was a daytime screening, and our friends Dan hated it. Dan Buffa hated, hated, hated it. Everyone else we talked to hated it. Dan said it was good at the beginning. Most people say it starts off strong. That's what Kate Marquis told me, yes. And, she's, and then they said, it, like her, it goes crazy. Yeah. And then it doesn't finish well and but max liked it and the only reason that max foise max on movies liked it is because it stars natalie portman yeah. and he says she can do no wrong well, I, well that is not yeah. true yeah that's, that's and, definitely uh, true but yeah i uh, like i say tom stockman from our site said it was his worst film of the year so far and he gave it a, a zero out of four stars wow and, oh, uh, it's directed by the guy that did Fargo it's on right. TV. Holly is and, his name, right? Yeah, Noah Holly and the that show Legion that a lot of people. Oh yeah, watch. Legion was the Fox. Film. Yeah, yeah, it's an X Men. It's uh, like, was it Professor X's kid? Something like that. Is that the it, one? It, it just one with, it just ended. But Dan Stevens stars in it. Speaking of which, doesn't well he? then, yeah, yeah, and Aubrey Plaza is in it, I believe, also. So we didn't see that, but what we've heard is. We dodged a bullet by not going to that. Yeah, but yeah, it says that she loses uh, touch with reality. Well, Paul Harris has a great review of it on his Harris Online site. And he says, every every other paragraph, he said, let us now pause while uh, Natalie Portman st- stares into space for 15 minutes. Or 15 seconds, excuse me. Well, that'll seconds. lead us to another movie. I sat next to Paul at Gemini Man. But did you get? Did you wake up early and watch El Camino, Lynn? I did. You did. All right, let's talk about I did I have every single episode of Breaking Bad on my DVR. Every single of all 50 something hours of Breaking Bad. One day I will watch them. Are they recorded originally originally off AMC? Yes, when they did the marathon right before the uh, last episode. The finale there. Okay, okay. And so so and Lynn is a huge fan of Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah. Well, and I must admit, I've, I saw the first episode of Breaking Bad, and I never jumped back on. Okay. So. Well, it takes a while to get into it. It, it took me, a season one is only seven episodes because of the writer's strike in 2007, 2008. This show is in the Guinness Book of World Records as the most critically acclaimed TV show of all time. Okay. I found that out today because I was looking for it. Okay, so this, Vince Gilligan, who's a genius, he's the writer, creator creator of the show, and he wanted to go back and visit Jesse. The show ended in 2013. And Walter White is dead. And Walter White is dead, and Jesse, uh, you assumed he was alive. Aaron Paul. Yeah, because he left. The whole, the last, the second last episode, the penultimate. Ozymandias? uh, Yeah, Ozymandias. It was so brilliant, and the whole time I just kept like go like, please don't let Jesse die, please don't let Jesse die, because Jesse was just a special place in everybody's heart because he was the bad boy, but he was a lost soul. But and he so, was also a 
He was also a science nerd. Right, and he had more morals than Walt did. The whole premise of the story, if you think about this, Vince Gilligan, who had written for X-Files, wanted to show a protagonist become an antagonist. So he wanted to see this teacher, this mild-mannered teacher. Who had cancer. Walt White turned from Mr. Chips into Scarface. Okay. So in five seasons, that's what he did. Brian Cranston won four Emmys as Best Actor. In fact, he was the first actor ever in the Emmy history to win back-to-back-to-back, to win the first three. And then they had that little break because of that, and that's when everybody thought John Hamm was going to win for Mad Men, but then it was... Uh, uh, it was uh, Jeff, Daniels. Jeff Daniels for Newsroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the Newsroom yeah. is just bonkers. Yeah. It's good, it's good Aaron Sorkin, but it's bonkers. The right. storylines of Newsroom do not make any sense at all. No, and then... And I, and I watched all three seasons of it. And then... Um, John Hamm did finally win the last the season last of season. Mad Men, so that yeah. was you know that was good. But anyway, and he deserved it too. But uh, the but one that he had the big meltdown that's when everybody thought he was going to win. And then some years he wasn't even nominated, right? Yeah, I know. It took him a while. It took that show a while, I think, because it was just different. Well, and it was breaking. also AMC. Yeah. Breaking Bad. Well, the reason Breaking Bad was on AMC, I found this out, was uh, because they had taken a Showtime Showtime pass because they just started Weeds. Okay. And then they oh, so had, they didn't they didn't want to be the drug network. Right. right. And then uh, they took it to FX, who was interested, but they had started a show called Dirt. Dirt. Is okay. that the one with Courtney Cox about a tabloid? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but she was in that Cougar Town, right? But that was a comedy. Yeah, yeah, that was a comedy. yeah. Well, anyway, so then with Busy AM, Phillips, AMC was looking for a, original content to uh, to go along with Mad Men. Yes, and that's how Breaking Bad got on AMC. They spent a pretty penny on it on uh, Mad Men. I mean, on Breaking Bad episodes. So they decided to shoot it in. Uh, um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and give it a Western feel. Right. So it was kind of cool. The whole there, thing. there are lots of I remember lots of promos of just like people walking in the desert to that mobile home. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, at first it took me a while to get into season one. It really did. It's I was only seven that. episodes. I know, but I tell people just stick with it. Because okay. at first, because you know what it is, it's real gritty and it's violent. And you're like, oh, these drug people. Now, do you, you know? watch Better Call Saul too? I used to, but now I don't have time. Okay. But you I did. Had, but you yeah, did want to did. keep I up started, with Jimmy. And I did like it. And I did like the Easter eggs. And I always liked Bob Odenkirk, graduate Bob. of SIU Carbondale. Right. I just like to pe- tell people that. And by the way, Bob is terrific in My Name is Dolomite, which gets a theatrical release next Friday, by the way. Dang yeah. It. Well, he's always good. He was good as the president in uh, Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, Longshot. <laughs> yes, it's true. Okay. So anyway, so getting back to the movie, Jesse... Aaron Paul, mm-hmm. who won three Emmys, since the show ended, he's not really had. He's a- been the, the most, the most uh, noticeable and noteworthy thing that Aaron Paul has done has been a voice on BoJack Horseman. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he was well, in a movie based on a video game uh, too, wasn't he? Need for Speed. Need for Speed. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was in. He's in American Woman, which is on DVD now. So and he's we'll going to be that. in the next season of Westworld on HBO. Right. Oh, okay. And he's, I always like him. He's good. But 
Jesse was a, a just a great character you to play. Loved Jesse. I did, I did, and I didn't want to seem. And he always called uh, Walt Mister White. Mister White because he was his teacher. Yeah, so I always like that, Mister White. And so, uh, bitch. So this is uh, this takes up where the last episode because the promo up. show the promo has a police report of uh, a mass shooting going down and the white male which would be Walter is pronounced dead. Right. Now is that in the movie or is that just a promo? No, it's in the okay. it's in the movie. The the news reports are in the movie. Okay. And there's some flashbacks and there's characters from the original show that are in this. And Better Call Saul? And Better Call Saul cuz um, Mike uh he's a fixer. He's Jonathan Banks, the great right. Jonathan Banks, and he's a great character, and he's in it. Well, he was in a promo, too. Mm-hmm. So he's in it. And Skinny Pete and Badger. <laughs> those those, those are Jesse's friends. friends. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, they play, figure, they take him in. He's got the El Camino, and they take him in to hide him. And uh, they're all like, because he's just shell-shocked, because he has been in, uh, if you remember the last episode, he's in, he's been in captivity, for a long time, and the last well, they, episode, were they in hiding? Uh, no, the bad guys put Jesse in like a hole um, to keep him. Oh yeah, and uh, Walter had to get him out. Yeah, and I, then, I, I'm just guessing because I didn't then, see. It. Yeah, and then Walter gets injured. Walter killed he, everybody with a machine gun from a back back of a car. But he did not kill Jesse. Okay, and then he wants Jesse to kill him, and Jesse won't do it. So. Um, it's got flashbacks. Jesse Plemons is prominent in this. Really? Yeah. A little chunkier, though, Okay, so are, since they do have flashbacks, do they have flashbacks of characters that are no longer alive? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Without I giving anything took, away. Yeah, I think they took, because they could, they took some stuff from the show. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. So know. it's not new material. Well, there is all, there's a lot of new material, but you know, they took some things from the show. And then I also think they took scenes that they didn't use in okay. the show. All right. Or so they, they concocted can, this story. Because well, they've know, already been paid. Because <laughs> the, show, the show did end six years ago, so I can't remember right. exactly. That's like, right. there's a scene where Jesse's being nice to, uh, I mean, where uh, Jesse Plemons is being nice to Aaron Paul, and he's dropping down a lit cigarette into the hole that Jesse's in for Jesse to have a smoke. Hmm. And... Um, you know, and one time he asked him in the original show, like if he wanted, he brought him back some Ben and Jerry's and he had that Stephen Colbert American comb. That's which funny. Which we thought was funny. But this one, so anyway, so then I'm like, was that in the show or was, is this just made up? I don't know. But Jesse Plemons looks chubbier than he did in the show. They used to call him Meth Damon. So it's like an hour and a half, right? No, it's two hours and two minutes. Wow. I know. So, so it's, two, I, it's two episodes of a Breaking Bad. Right. I'm not sure if they're thinking maybe about three. maybe doing a Better Call Saul eventually with Jesse or what they're doing. This is nice to show that Jesse, you know, Lived. is okay and, and he's getting his act together and all that. But it's slow. Really? Well, weren't the, well the TV episodes are only 42 minutes. Yeah. yeah, I think there's some padding here. 
And, and not much really, really happens. I don't want to give some key things away because, you know, if you're a fan of the show, you want to discover it. But And it just I, dropped this morning at 2 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was all excited to see it. So um, Well, Netflix mm. is thrilled to have these creators, so they're not going to say, I'll oh, keep it right. under two hours. You know, let, right. let it Do go whatever as you long want. as you want. Yeah. Well, Netflix is the, the show savior because at the end of season three, Am, uh, AMC, AMC wanted to cancel it. And they had made this deal to put on the fourth season and everything to make the show available on Netflix, fourth season. And they did that. And that's when a lot of people discovered it. Because at first, when you second season's when I really got into it. And that was Kristen Ritter mm-hmm. as Jesse's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And she, she's all. Oh, she died or was killed. Yeah. Oh, but it's really powerful, that scene. It's just showing how Walt starts slipping, you know, because the thing is, is this teacher that's got cancer he decides he's going to make meth to pay to, for his bills and set up his family and set up his family and he makes this very pure meth and it becomes really successful and it's blue and that's but right. they have but he has to deal with the criminal underworld Gus Fring oh that's so that lost Poyos Hermanos, oh, so good. And I guess apparently uh, Giancarlo Esposito is on, now on Better Call Saul. And yes, I believe he's going to be on The Mandalorian also, isn't he? Ooh, I, I don't know that. I think I read that on our Entertainment but see, Weekly. Because yeah. Better Call Saul is a prequel on how he became right. Jimmy. Right. And so, so also Walter thing. White and Jesse could show up as well because it takes place before Breaking Bad. Right. Or is it concurrent? I don't know. It's very – some of these things that I was watching today because they do have these flashbacks and then they have these other things. I was like, is this real or is this a flashback? It was hard for me to sometimes figure out the And time you watched the show. I watched the show. But you're not <laughs> watching Better Call Saul. So. No. But like when Jesse Plemons is on there, like because he dies in the last episode of Breaking Bad. So it's a flashback. So it's a flashback. So when Aaron Paul is in these scenes, I'm like, okay, is Jesse is this a Plemons flashback? dead or is he alive or did you know so you have to think okay. you have to think when you're watching it because you're trying to remember I don't so see how anybody this is not for a casual fan no I don't see how anybody who didn't watch the show will, would enjoy will, it will, will like or be able to follow it right but it's worth seeing because it's nice to bring Jesse back and maybe they will be doing something with him later on because it's a fascinating character and uh, I just think... Does it set up for more? I think so. I think I don't think Vince Gilligan's that ignorant. <laughs> I think he's going to ride... That's his cash cow. Oh, I definitely. think he's going to ride the break. There's more stories to tell, a, I think. Is there a Skylar story? No. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No, they don't go with that. And then Hank, one of my all-time favorite characters of the show was Hank Dean, Moore, Dean Norris. Dean Morris. And, Dean uh, Norris from... Uh, under the dome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he played a cop so much. Both he was he DAA, and... wasn't? Yeah. DEA. See, I didn't watch the show, and but I know, you know all this crap about Breaking Bad without having watched a single episode. Well, uh, the fact that that he has a brother-in-law that's DEA, and he's making the mess. And I do know what happens to him too. So I'm guessing yeah. Dean Norris is not in the film. No, he's not. But uh, it, it, in the first season, he and Jesse were supposed to be killed off because it was going to be nine-episode season. But then it wound up being a seven-episode season. And then they decided that those guys were such good actors that they shouldn't kill him off. And then they won Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> then they, <yeah. laughs> 
did Dean Norris? No, he didn't. He was nominated. Yeah. Okay. So was Giancarlo well, Esposito. You know why? Because he would have been supporting and he would have against Aaron Paul. Right. So it was, but it's just, if you were a fan of the show, you need to see it just because it's interesting to see like what could have happened. And So would this have been season six? Yeah, I guess so. I guess it, yeah. It would have been like takes, after MASH, though. Right. It, oh. Yeah. <laughs> or Joey. Yeah, like he's or, on the run, and his, his mother's Tess Harper, and she's pleading. Was she on the show before? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, she's <laughs> pleading for Jesse to turn himself in. Really? Why? Uh, because, they, because he's the person of interest. They're calling it a gang shooting because there was all this carnage at this place. Right. And so he's the one that escapes, so they don't know anything about him. So they think he has something to do with all of this. And he did. He was being kidnapped. <laughs> and so, but, you know, he knows that if he goes in and tells them the real story, they're not going to believe it. So. Does he say bitch at all? <laughs> um, I, Is it his first word? No, it's not. He's a very serious one. They have all his scars. It's really sad. And how much he So he doesn't with... look like Aaron Paul then? Oh, he? God. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's all right. Just... It's okay. Oh no one knows what just happened. Lynn spilled water everywhere. But that's all right. This is a bad day. It's all right. a bad week. But it's okay. It didn't get anywhere. <laughs> and we're still happen. recording. It's so, just a poodle. A puddle. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's start. Let's move on and talk about. All right. So do you recommend it? Yeah. For fans, I recommend it. All right. Because cool. how can you not watch it? Yeah. So should we give Linda a break and talk about Adamson's? Because you didn't, yes, didn't make I'll it go, to it. I'll go get topics. Okay. So Jim and I saw Adam's Family, which is an animated version. And my daughter's like, it was a TV show. I'm like, actually, girl who draws a lot. Yes. It was from the New Yorker. The New Yorker starting. I, I wanted to find out. I did a little research yesterday to find out exactly when the cartoons with this clan. It didn't have a name at first, of course. Started and well, it was a Charles 19, Adams. Drew Charles them. Adams. Yes, it and started in 1937. He started doing this weird family. And the, they were well off. Yeah, they were just yeah. creepy and kooky. They were. They were. And uh, it took. Let's see. I guess then. Uh, whoa. Wow. I guess like you know, 27 years for them to make the jump. From one media to the next, and even though that they were featured in a lot of uh, book collections. Also, once the once they were on television, the New Yorker, the editor of the New Yorker said, uh, if it's on TV, it's not in our magazine. And so until they were off television and that editor passed away or retired, one or the other, uh, they came back to the New Yorker. But then like Charles Adams died right after that. So it doesn't it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I was uh, saying in my review that they sort of rode the crest of that uh, that wave of uh, fantasy-based sitcoms that mm-hmm. happened in the 60s. I think that was the first one was probably my favorite Martian. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they were scurrying around. Of course, that, you know, uh, you could see that's that show spawning, you know, Bewitched with Samantha and I Dream of Jeannie. But um, I think part of the reason the Adams came to television was also the monster craze of the right. late 50s when the Universal uh, films were packaged as uh, shock theater and uh, and uh, sold to local stations where the weatherman would be, you know, become like the, the weird horse. Oh, kids, it's scary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the, mark, the kids discovered the classic monsters. And uh, I guess this independent producer, David Levy, brought it to Filmways, 
And I always think of uh, of Donna Douglas saying, "This has been a film wise presentation." presentation. <laughs> and, so uh, they which... said, "Let's do a, a sitcom with these." So that was another thing I, I covered in there because there was there's always been a lot of uh, well. A little bit of a, not a feud, but a competition between them and the residents of 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Now, which came first? I believe, and from what I've read, that the trades, the Variety and mm-hmm. Hollywood Reporter, talked about this film ways deal, and the people at Universal's television division, I think was a review at the time, said, hey, we've got the classic. We've got, we've got the, the, the Jack Pierce makeup. Let's just do a Frankenstein. Exactly, exactly. So they heard about the Adams family, and they created the Munsters. Yeah, yeah, well, it got together. They, uh, This was originally pitched by animator Bob Clampett in the 50s. He had a concept he called the Monster Family, and mm-hmm. the father was a Frankenstein monster-type character. And they toyed with the idea of doing that as animation and then uh, doing it as live action. But, uh, but when and after Fred Bob, Gwynn became a hero. After Bob Clampett was out of the picture, you know who the, the main writers and, and producers of the Monsters were? were you know, what, the, what the project the guys did before that, uh, Mosher and Connolly? They were the the guys behind Leave It to Beaver. Wow! And so they went right from the the, the Beaver and the family to another to the Herman Munster, another maybe. wholesome family show. But but see that was that was always the knock. And being a child of the seventies and eighties, the Munsters were. I mean, they were both comedies. Yeah. Adam's Family was more serious, and the Munsters were more slapstick. Yeah, and and I, there was a there's a dangerous element to it. As a, as a kid, of course, I was around when they first aired on uh, on the networks back then. And uh, there was something a little dangerous about the Adamses. Uh, yeah. There was, you know, Herman was kind of a big, cuddly goofball. But, you know, if you were at the Adams mansion, you have you to worry You could die. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you had Uncle Fester running around, and they were throwing knives at each other, and there was a lion. Yeah, and, and the Munsters were just trying to be a normal American family. Exactly. Who exactly. just happened to be Munsters. Yes, yes. At one but, time in the 60s, uh, Uncle Fester in Lurch came to... Uh, one of the St. Louis theaters, I'm pretty sure it might have been the American. It was like a whole music lineup because, you know, this was the swing in 60s. Mm-hmm. And they came and, and he did his shtick with the light, the light bulb. bulb. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, which they recreated in this film. Actually. Right. Uh, and, but, uh, oh, and, and plus the fact, I I, I my research also, the uh, Adams Family premiere on ABC TV on September 18th, the Friday, the following Thursday is when the Munsters premiered on oh, CBS. Oh, wow. They beat oh. them to the air by six days. Well, and they also wow. did it on a Friday the 13th. Exactly. That oh, nice. wow. Yeah. But, well, um, uh, Carolyn Jones and uh, John Aston. Aston. Still they alive, did. by the way. John he is, is yes. still alive. And he does, uh, he does the voice of whenever they need a gomez like a cartoon like for video games he does it oh yeah yeah. oh wow they had chemistry they had really good chemistry now and raul julia and angelica houston had great chemistry too in the movie they were going to make a third one they were going to make a third one everyone says that the uh that the second one is the best i think they're both equally good barry sonnenfeld did the two in the 90s paul rudnick did the uh, script for both of them and they're very witty, you know. Oh, the when when uh, uh, the guy from the TV shows and Christine Baranski show up as the drama coaches at the oh Peter McNichol, yeah oh, Peter yes, McNichol. Yes. 
That's just genius. And Wednesday has the uh, the Thanksgiving uh, mm-hmm. celebration sketch with the, the, the natives. We are here to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's family and, values. I know. And and yeah, uh, yeah. and John Cusack's sister Joan, Joan as as uh, as the gold digger for mm-hmm. Uncle Fest. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, what's amazing is you know they've never been out of syndication, but they the both shows only lasted two seasons. Yeah, but that's when that's when they did thirty nine episodes a season. Still, instead you of the twenty two or twenty four we get now, it was it was yeah. thirty nine because it had to 40, fill yeah. up a whole year. Yeah, yeah. Well, Breaking but, Bad was only thirteen episodes a season, and then the last one they split into two, and that was uh, eight, so it was sixteen. That's back. Yeah, yeah. Right, but uh, but the Adams family actually were back just a few years later in animated form, it's and that was Sean, that they, a- or not Sean? Sean's the Sean's the son of John, yeah. uh, adopted son of John. That's yeah. why they don't look anything alike. Really? Yes. yes. Oh, it's, this is kind of a sidebar, but uh, they're they. I don't know if you will follow the cartoon series Justice League Action, but they did an episode in which. Uh, Batman had to save uh, the well, the Elder Wizard Shazam, which led into the Captain Marvel Shazam mm-hmm. universe, and the the voice of Shazam, the, the Captain Marvel character, is Sean Astin, and Uncle Marvel, who believes he has superpowers, is voiced by John. Nice. So that is a nice touch. Um, and, was Patty Duke his mom, uh, or was yes, it another I, wife? I believe I believe that uh, that uh, well, of course, Patty John, Duke Astin. John was was married to Patty for a while, but I'm assuming that. Uh, that uh, then Sean is from a, f- a fling or something? Or? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But w- were uh, they married in the 70s? Because Sean is around uh, my age. Late 70s, yeah. I believe that uh, they were Sean's around in, my age, so yeah. he was born like 60, late 60s, early 70s. Oh, okay. So were they together then? I don't think they were around together in the, the late 60s, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I like know. I say, they were they were back. There was a show, um, I think, the second season of Scooby Doo uh, on CBS Saturday mornings became the new Scooby Doo movies, which was sort of a trying test ground for other animated shows. And they had the meeting the Adams family and John and Carolyn and Jackie and and Ted did all their original voices. This there was a spinoff from that, an NBC show called The Adams Family for Saturday Morning, in which uh, Coogan and Cassidy reprised their roles with the Adamses. Traveling around the country. Oh my gosh, and then, that sounds absolutely horrible. Yeah, yeah. But what was interesting is who the voice of Pugsley was. Who was it? Jodie Foster. Oh wow, that's funny. <laughs> when she was and doing you know that. what? That is. Let's talk about the movie. We've talked about the TV show. We've talked about the cartoons. We've talked about the movies. Finn Wolfhard yeah. is out of place in this movie. <laughs> Well, I have a, I just have a problem with the kids in general. I know that Chloe Wednesday's- Moritz Grace did a, a similar version of this in that god awful Dark Shadows movie. That uh, that but I that's really when she despise. was a kid. Now she's in her twenties. She is. So she's playing like a middle schooler, and and I love I love Chloe Grace Moretz. I love her and most everything she does. Yes. And she she's she's fine in this movie. Do not see I love you, Daddy. <laughs> Um, I on the on what was the movie um, if she goes or what oh, uh, yes. if, if she stays I gave away the ending of that movie because it is so bad that's the young adult romance where oh. she's the cellist uh, yeah and she she it, she makes a choice of whether she wants to live or die she right. she chooses life by the way yeah. but um, she but uh, she was good in an awful movie though she was fine in that and she's but, uh, great in the uh, clouds of Sils Maria and in Kick Ass. 
And but I, I love you, Daddy. Is the C, Louis C. Right, film. Right, which uh, right that yeah. we didn't get to see. Which, thank goodness. Well, uh, a friend of ours had got a screener of it and loaded yeah. it, and I got to see it. It's awful. Well, <laughs> it's it's but, basically his confession, isn't it? But uh, this when I, I reviewed uh, uh, the Adams Family uh, film, the new one for. Mm-hmm. Um, for the geek side, I said that I think the main problem is they were really going for the PG rating for this, really going for that that crowd, and so the main focus of this film is the two kids. Right. And I know that that, that Wednesday had a, a strong subplot in Family Values, but I thought that uh, the Raul Julia and Angelica Houston in the in the feature films of years ago had equal time. Yes. Especially Uncle Fester in the first one. And, I and thought, the second one. Yeah, and the second one. But I don't know if you felt to say that it's, they kept on going back. They they have the plot of uh, in this new one of Wednesday wanting to be part of this uh, middle school in this wonderfully named pre-planned package town called Assimilation. Assimilation. It's a and, great. It's uh, a great name. Yeah, it's a terrific name. And, and that uh, and the girl is the girl from eighth grade. She is at least. But you know, I I mentioned in my review, you know, the character design on. Parker is the name of the character. Mm-hmm. You, did that remind you of a certain actress? Mm, not really. I thought she looked exactly like Joey King. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Who, I can uh, see that. Was got accolades recently for the Hulu miniseries The Act. Yes. And, and uh, was uh, she was nominated. Won. And wait, she was nominated for an Emmy for. Was that it? Yeah. For the okay. Act, yeah. But Which I think I the winner see. from that was uh, was Patricia Arquette. Okay. Right. For yes, that. for the for the prison movie but uh but yeah one of the, I, like i say i had a lot of um script problems and i thought that this played more like two or three episodes of uh, a proposed series stitched together a sitcom yes yes one one being uh pugsley becomes a man they have a, a sort of a, a variation of the bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah called the mazurka which wasn't that a musical instrument uh, used in the it's in a it's a sword music? it's a sword technique in this in movie in this film yeah yeah and there's a whole subplot about him being nervous about that and this is a reason to bring in uncle fester he's and the rest one of the family people from the old mm-hmm. country and, Which they uh, the don't. Other, they don't say what it is. Yeah, and the other, you know, plot is, you know, uh, assimilation. Wednesday go, goes to um, middle to school. Middle school. Wonderful. That's uh, frustrating. There's so many wonderful little scenes, little asides. There's a terrific scene in a biology class. Yes. And they get, unfortunately they give away too much in one of the commercials I saw right. last night. But I had me chuckling through the whole thing. And then the other episode is uh, Margot you know, tries to, you know, wreck everything. Which is, that's Allison Janney. Allison Janney playing a, uh, a diva, a design diva for one of the Like a Martha shows. Stewart kind of, uh, but it, it, an well, HGTV kind of home makeover person. Yeah, yeah. And, but she has created this entire city and they are all her designs. Now that's one of my other favorite scenes is when um, Gomez, uh, they, they, well, they finally noticed the city, the uh, Adams Family Mansion, it's not a museum, it's an, a former asylum, is perched Which is high funny. on a hill. And, they, and when the fog clears and a red balloon gets through to them, mm-hmm. they look down there and they see this town and Gomez immediately says, we should go say hello to our neighbors. And they arrive just as, I think there's four or five kids all dressed alike doing this up with people type Dance. And Parker, how, Parker's in that too. Yes, about how wonderful assimilation is because we're all the same and we're not going to be different. And, this and, that. and then behind them are the Adams family. Yeah, that's a great scene. It, it's really well done. It is as my daughter, who is a drawer, and as Jim is a drawer, an artiste, as yeah. it were. Draw pictures. <laughs> they done draw pictures. Um, she 
once once she found out that they were you know from cartoons she started looking at them and she said the style is very much like the original charles adams cartoons which is it's and it's hard to do that and what they do with thing who is just bopping around the thing is more animated than it than he has been on the tv show or the movies and that's just because it's animation yeah, yeah. and it the thing thing has an eye too that was, i found that weird because before in the movies in the tv show thing was just a hand this thing has like an a like a Fitbit, and yeah, he has an yeah. eye there, which, but which the, is the weird. The best joke with him, though, is him surfing the internet, and I won't spoil that one. No, that, yes. That's really Well, no, funny. they give it, I saw that in a promo. Oh, I saw no. that in a TV commercial. They, can't give that away. they are promoting the heck out of this, yes. and they are also tying it in product tie ins. Yeah. It's oh, become yes. a very heavy commodity. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, the, the, the Adams Family TV show back in the 60s was heavily. You know, Do they uh, have cigarettes? Were they promoting cigarettes? <laughs> not no, the, that was the Flintstones. That was pr- Flintstones. Although I, I mentioned in my review, Gomez's ever-present cigar is gone in this right. movie. It's it's history. I think Raul had a, had cigars, and of course John Aston was always doing like a Groucho thing with his cigars in the in the uh, TV show. This movie is fine. Uh, it's it, just fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, what, it what grade did you give it? I gave it, I think, three out of four stars. I wouldn't I go that don't high. Think it, you know, I, I, I wish it was as good as the those two live action films mm-hmm. from the uh, from the nineties. Uh, I think it's pretty. It's pretty. The story some, is smart. I had some problems with some of the character designs. I didn't oh yeah, like, we didn't talk about like Gomez is Oscar Isaac, and Charlize Theron plays. Morticia, and Uncle Fester's Nick Kroll, and Who's he's wonderful. great. He is wonderful. Every time he's on screen, he's really selling that and character. He's, doing, he's kind of a, great. doing his own variation of what Jackie Coogan was kind of doing. This kind of but but not Chris. He's not doing Christopher Lloyd not, at all. He's not doing that. He's not really doing Jackie Coogan either. And, and then uh, uh, Grandma is Bette Midler. Bette Midler, who's really uh, doesn't have a lot of screen time in it, which is fine. But uh, she has a you know more of a cameo type role. Well, it's also wonderful. and so so do uh, Catherine O'Hara and Martin Short. SCTV reunion. Oh, they, uh, yeah. they have a scene in which uh, Morticia likes to talk to her relatives. Of course, Grandmama is the mother of Gomez and Fester. Yes, which has and, changed. They went back to the TV version because in the movie it was her mom. We, oh, okay, Grandmama was Morticia's mom. I believe the, so. With Carol Kane. Yeah, that's right. Carol Kane in the second one, I think. And uh, you know, Morticia's uh, parents are not with us. The Frumps. So they and they they have a weekly call. A call except on it's a, uh, crystal ball. It's a séance. <laughs> and that's one of see the that's smart. Yeah, it's smart. But like I say, that it it, it it seemed like there was a big lull around the one hour mark. That's a problem I have with a lot of. It's comedies. only an hour and a half. Yeah, I know. But that that and then that they second pay... half their second act lull really can kill a comedy. It seems like. And they pay they. Play, pay tribute to the TV show at the end of the film, and everything that Lurch does is kind of funny. Lurch, is Lurch doesn't guy. have a. They don't credit who Lurch is. I know who Lurch is. You do. He is one of the directors, Conrad Vernon. Oh, okay. Who actually does some other secondary characters in the film, and there's a wonderful bit. You know, being an, uh, an ex animator, I'm noticing this. Uh, Lurch's signature line from the TV show you rang. was "You rang," and he does this a couple of times. And they do this weird little flutter with his mouth. It's just amazing. It's a wonderful uh, attention to detail. I originally had some problems with his character design. I thought he was looking a little too much like Frankenstein. But seeing him in the film and in motion, it really works. And 
the first, what, about 20 minutes is kind of an origin story. Mm -hmm. I compare it to like a superhero origin story because it actually begins with the wedding of Morticia and Gomez in, in the, the old, old country. country. And it's weird because... You, you but they look... Amer the the villagers look like they're in America. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, you know... It, it could they, be the old like county. They're, they're, they're carrying the pitchforks over from the Universal Backlot from mm -hmm. the, uh, the old Frankenstein movies because it kind of seems like Transylvania, but, you know, Gomez has this real, you know, Spaniard, you know... Like right, it always has. Deal. Always has. So I thought that was kind of unusual. I think that, I guess it's just a, a melting pot, this little country that they're and in that they are from. One, the, they're really clever with the music in this movie. And when they introduce Cousin It... It it is they introduce him with a Snoop Dogg song because cousin it is Snoop Dogg. He is a, a garbled version of a yeah, Snoop Dogg style. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and cousin it is more pronounced than he was in either of the other two formats. Yeah, but he's kind of brought in about midway point. As uh, well, Uncle Fester's a little early. He's the earliest Adams to arrive. They're all gathering for the mazurka ceremony, and uh, it's a fine. wonderful way. I I I. Got used to the design on Morticia. She's got a chin and cheekbones, I've mentioned in my review, that could slice deli meat. They look so sharp. And, and she doesn't have you know feet. How, uh, I guess Angelica Houston, both Carol and Jones, kind of took little tiny steps to move from one place to the other. Here she glides. Gliding. So you never see her toes at all. Instead, you see the end of her skirt, which is kind of like a an octopus. A octopus. Yeah. But then again, you know, Wednesday has a pet uh, a squid octopus. named Socrates, mm -hmm. I believe. And uh, yeah, and, and who disappears for a long time? And what about the uh, the trick that she does to get them over the bottomless pit? Yeah, that was that was just creepy. I thought that was kind of fun that she's got a little bit of magical powers too. But, uh, but yeah, I, I liked uh, the, the, the hair on Alice and Janney's character, even though I thought that her master plan was a little muddled. Right. You know, that well, she has to sell all the houses because she has invested all of her money in this. And so um, there's going to be a live presentation on her network, HGTV-ish kind of yeah, thing, yeah. and they will you can buy the houses live. And, and it, I, when you go through it, it sounds good. Great. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. There are some wonderful little asides. Some there are, and it just like, just like in the movies when they were, yeah. when they would do something like when Wednesday's about to kill Pugsley, they have a lot of those. It's, it, but in the movie, the Sonnenfeld movies, they were just like non sequiturs. This acts like a main plot point. Yeah, that they're trying to. But they're actually the, trying to kill each other. Well, the Adams family has become a huge big business because it is also a Broadway musical. Yeah, I saw it. it was, saw it at the yeah, Fox. Yeah. And I enjoy the musical a lot. Well, mm -hmm. now it's been it released was really to good high schools at the Muni. and colleges. So it's now yeah, like a staple. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. It's a staple. Yeah. It's, no, it's no longer like edgy or shocking yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but it's also it's, 60 years old. Right. Plus, if you go back to the original source, it's 80 years old. 82 years old, yeah. So it's just part of, and, and they're tying it into Halloween. And the monsters have really done nothing. <laughs> no. no, no I, I, in doing my research, I, I saw it. I remember hearing about this. That the Wayan brothers. Wanted had, to do the monsters? Wanted to, or had the rights to the monsters for the longest time. kept on insisting that around the year 2000 that we're, we're doing a new version that's going to come out. Now you know, do you know who has the, uh, the rights now? The Disney. The rights? Seth Meyers. Really? And he says he's going to do a monster set in Brooklyn and have them dealing with uh, craft beer makers and people with mm. must weird mustaches and all that. And they live at 1313? 
I think maybe there's a little side street in Brooklyn. Is that okay. Mockingbird Lane. But, uh, hmm. but this Artisanal. Is, you, know, you, know, so you, would do a, you could do a lot worse. You could, and, 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 and as I told everyone, this was the best movie I saw this week. It's, yes, let's talk about the let's talk about, about the worst probably of them all. Well, I say we missed we missed we Lucy. didn't see we didn't see Lucy in the Sky, originally known as Pale Blue Dot, and and I did hear from Max they have this Irish folk singer singing the Beatles song. So the Beatles song is in the movie, but it is not the Beatles. And I oh. hear it's dreadful the version of it that's in the movie. That's what some of the reviews I've been reading. That's well, all right. Let's talk. Hey, it's Ron Stevens, everybody. We're using his studio, as always. Let's talk about Will Smith starring against Will Smith in Gemini Man. Quit hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, have had a bad track record with Will Smith the last couple years. I really Now, I hear his Netflix series is good. Was that the, the spell thing or something like that? Isn't where he, I think he's a police officer. He's a police officer. He's teamed up with like a demon type character. Yeah. yeah so it's like, it's like an just, alien nation kind of thing. I thought it was just one film, but it's a series. I, I thought it was a series. I thought it was just one film. Oh, well, then, hey, you're, you're probably right because I didn't see it. I thought he he's, was banished to Netflix. He started as a, come, a com, comedic actor. No, for, he didn't. Forever. He was a singer. That's he was right. A rapper. Right. He was. He was right. the Fresh Prince. Prince. And then friend, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Bel-Air. And yeah. then that's so iconic. Parents and just don't understand. DJ Jazzy Jeff Jazzy the Jeff. Fresh Prince. Yes. That's right. And then he started getting acclaim when he went to movies. and he Six he, Degrees of Separation with Stockard Channing. Right. And then Independence Day. And bad suddenly boys. he decided he was going to be an action star. And they're making a third Bad Boys, by the way. Yes. It's coming out next summer. So he had an early track record that was really good. He was Mr. Fourth of July. For Men in Black. Men in Black, Independence Day, and then Wild Wild West came out. If I could diverge for a second, did you see either of you see uh, Will on with the uh, Studio Colbert? No, I did not. They, well, Stephen asked us if you could talk to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self? And he says, "Don't do Wild Wild West." Right. And then that's when he dropped the big bombshell that he passed on the Matrix. Oh. <laughs> so he was wow. going to be Neo. Oh wow! Well, Keanu. Well, see, Keanu. that would have been that would have been another Fourth of July, and he would have been actually. I think they came in, in May. May. Yeah. 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 But unless if it was him, they would have held it. They would have held it till Fourth of July Probably. because he was Mister Fourth of July, and he had a great track record. And then he's he has done sequels. He's done Men in Black, Men in Black Two, Men in Black Three. He's done Bad Boys, Bad Boys Two. Did not go back for Independence Day. John Boyega plays his son in that. And then um, and then as we said, Bad Boys Three is coming out. So he's not adverse to doing sequels. This movie is. Is it based on uh, a science fiction novel? No. I don't think so. I think it's an original. No, it's an original material. They have a bunch of screenwriters. It's terrible. It's terrible. The dialogue's terrible. The action's terrible. Actually, it's the, directed some by... of the, the the very first motorcycle scene is well done. Yes. Yeah, yeah, through the streets of yeah. uh, what uh, is it? Is it Italy somewhere? No, no, it's Colombia. They're in Colombia, right? Yeah. But by the time they get to uh, where the the one of the 
one of the guys gets blown up by the time they have that other SWAT team surround the the little store in the town and yeah Yeah. and everything's blowing up oh god how like Mary Elizabeth Wine said tries her hardest she's just not given a whole lot to do in this besides sort of being but and and you know what it is also I don't know if this is racist but we're at we're Pelican Brief again they are not they are not a couple and they're not trying to be this is Denzel and Julia Roberts you have these I don't know if it's a black and a white thing, but they do not make them romantically interested at all. And there's also, he's older than she is, but that doesn't matter. Because there's a couple clones of his that show up. Right. She's older than the clone. But you want to, you'd want to think that like, okay, if she likes him, she could fall in love with the clone, but that doesn't happen either. And And I think that's kind of racist. And the clones are creepy, but let's start out with, he is a assassin. He's going to retire. He he is Ben Affleck. <laughs> Once you go, you back. keep pulling you back. But then that evil Clive Owen, who's just taking a paycheck here, and that other woman, they are talking in code speak, so they don't. We don't really know what's going on, but something's not I good. Found, I found and, it exactly. And they, okay, well they they want to get him. They want to get him. Interesting. <laughs> no, they want to get rid of him. Right, because, because he, he can't retire. He knows too much. Because one of his former contacts said, "Hey, I think you killed somebody that you didn't think you killed." Because when they told him, he, the, you see him, you see how amazing he is as an assassin at the beginning of the film. And then he kills some guy on a train. And then somebody says, hey, uh, who did you think that was? And he says, oh, I thought he was a terrorist. Yeah. No, he was a scientist. And then, of course, he sees, okay, that's, this is stupid. He sees that he's being surveilled. Yeah. He knows that he's being surveilled. And so all this other stuff, the everything... He would know all these things were happening to him and that that guy was going to die. In fact, he should have said to his buddy that he's on the boat, hey, we're being watched. You see just a little... You see... But he's a spook, so... And I'm saying that as a spy, not as a racial thing. But he's he's a spy. He should know that he's being watched because that's his job. This story uh, is has been done a zillion times before. Better. There is nothing new. It's just slogs. It's just going through the motions. And the dialogue is pathetic. Well, what there's, People what's don't talk about it. Well, what what's new is they're trying to sell the technology in this. And, and they, they are. Yeah, they, a fact, you're going to see two versions of Will in it. And, and you, saw, you saw what they did in... Let's see. Let's let's go back to two years ago. Let's go back in Rogue One. You have a fake Princess Leia, and you had uh, a younger Clark Gregg and a younger Samuel L. Jackson in Captain Marvel, and, and a young Michael Douglas on the first Ant Man. Right, but that was one scene. This yeah. is a whole movie, and and I guess in Captain Marvel it was a whole movie too. Yeah, but I I don't know if you you've caught on to this or if you notice it, but it seemed like when you you had the camera on the younger Will Smith and he's doing dialogue. It just uh, the, the lip sync looks wasn't quite there. It looked clunky. His his mouth movements, and me. he doesn't look like the Fresh Prince. That's the weird part. They de-age him, but he just looks like they aged. It's what he looks like now, if he was twenty. He doesn't look like 
the fresh prince that you knew from the NBC sitcom. Because if you really de-age him, that's what he would look like. The kid from Philadelphia that got sent away to Bel Air. He doesn't look like that. He, he just looks like they took a magic marker and erased the lines on his face. So if you want the 20-year-old Will Smith, he should look like the 20-year-old Will Smith. Instead, he looks like a younger actor who happens to look like Will Smith. Who's a little more slender than the, the current Will Exactly. Smith. Yeah. Because he with he's heavier and he's got gray hair. He's got a salt and pepper beard. Yeah. He looks like a 55-year-old man, even though they kept saying he's 51 in the movie. But he looks like a man in his 50s, and he doesn't look like Will Smith did when Will Smith was 20 years old. And that bothered me. But say, I think he's, is he supposed to be 24 in this, the, uh, the, 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 the first clone? At least. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, Je- we should mention the Gemini actually 23. Refers, yeah. 23, that's what it was. He's 23 Gemini years old. Gemini actually refers to this rogue uh, sort of dark division of uh, the D-I-E, D-I-A, D-I-A. D-I-A. <laughs> that Clive Owen is headed, which, you know, will take care of anything you want, no questions asked, will do the dirty deeds. It's a black ops, cheap. <laughs> which is, uh, once again, not another racist thing. It's a, <laughs> uh, a uh, uh, Halliburton kind of... Uh, yeah, but somehow ensconced in with the government, you know. Yeah, but, Gemini, Gemini is a is a secret division. It's like S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a secret division of the government, and they take care of all uh, the, dirty deeds. It's so that the America can't get its hands dirty. And so Gem- they keep coming after Will uh, Smith. And, and they keep uh, trying to kill him. And then they mow down all Clive these Owen is, an, is a dumb villain, by yes, the way. Yes, he is. That is a dumb villain because yeah. he keeps making the same mistake three times in the movie. If you just, I don't know. But it's frustrating, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, oh. it, it just plods on and on. And it, like I say, the best, the best uh, action sequences is is in the first half hour, and then it just seems to be a repeat of that you know, on loop, you know. And then uh, Wong from uh, Doctor Strange, yeah, Benedict Wong. Benedict Wong is in the. Uh, he has a very dumb part as well. <laughs> but I was reading uh, some review today that said that he was probably in there because. Uh, I think it has some some Hong Kong or Asian. Yes, uh, it is produced. It is produced by I'm two wrong. two uh, Asian companies, including Alibaba, Alibaba Films. Who From that's the Amazon of China. Oh, oh, of China. Okay. Oh, okay. So. Uh, Jack Ma used to be the uh, head of Alibaba. That ending is so just so lame at the college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought you were talking about the uh, final. Final showdown. No, that was also lame. Yeah, but that all when they all like happy families show up at the oh, it was like oh. Mary Elizabeth deserves a lot better. I I I keep on thinking of her as how wonderful she was in a movie called I think it was Smashed, in which she was dealing with an alcohol problem in that wonderful flick she was in there and paul yeah and she was in that stand-up comedy uh movie last year where she was she was so good i can't recall the name of it oh i know with uh, common yes yes she was really good it was really edgy she really went there john john wick no no (laughs) common was in john wick yeah no but uh she uh uh it deserves better Yes, yes, she was almost. And a and Ewan uh, mm. McGregor left. Uh, McGregor left his wife for her in during the the filming of Fargo. 
Really? The TV show. Oh. Yes, and Aaron, um, Ewan McGregor was married for like 21 years or something like that. And then met Mary Elizabeth Winston. And, and so his daughters now won't talk to him. Oh. Anyway, well, that's a still, sad tale. He's still Ben Kenobi. Yes, but I, I, I do really meant like to be him. alone. But when he won, he was at some award show and he was giving a speech and he started crying and stuff because, you know. Because his kids won't talk yeah, to him. Yeah, I think it was the Golden Globe he won for. But I like Ewan McGregor and everything he does. And yeah, I he's like not in this movie. He, does. he was smart. <laughs> yes, All right, he was. speaking of movies he that we didn't like, uh, Midsummer's on uh, DVD. This week. Right, and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm. Just Are you going to so watch the longer version? I'm Are you going so to watch any of it? To watch it's so bad. Here and everything about it. Well, it I, no, wait. To... It, it's Tom Stockman's favorite movie of the year. I know. I don't think so anymore. Oh, really? I think it. I think it might. The dog be. movie? No, I think it's. I think it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My okay. favorite of the year. Well, I which still it's hate. One of mine, so. I still hate Midsummer. So. Yeah, yeah. I had some. There's some elements of it I kind of enjoy. The you naked know? women? <laughs> no, no, no. Some of them you don't. No, no, see no, no, naked. no, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, but no, uh, I, I kind of like the whole. Um, uh, the the main character though well the, is the Florence, woman, Florence but Pugh. her boyfriend uh, Jack Jack Rayner is the mm-hmm. actor's name. His pals, including Will Poulter, who's very good, and I, mean, I have to admit, his mm-hmm. he's very entertaining. In the opening sequences, when it 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 sort of hit sort of a common thread of uh, these guys are all pals, but they can't really take they the can't girlfriend stand her. of one of right. them. But they can't really say that because to her, her parents were killed. Yeah, but they can't say that to but, her pal because yeah, he, he will defend her. But also. I think they flush that story out in the longer version. Okay, okay. Because I thought, you know, that that sequence in which he announces that, yeah, she's coming on the trip with us, and the guy's not knowing how to react, but you could kind of see in most of their eyes, all but one of them, are really like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) And and the guy from The Good Place. Yes, Cheaty, yes, yes. And his story doesn't make sense either. No, no. I just did not care for Midsummer, and uh, you can, not you, but people can defend it all they want. Because people, with this movie, people either love it or they hate it. And I'm on the hating it side. It's just really disturbing. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And it just goes for the shock value. And, you know. And it is shocking. Yeah. But for an hour, nothing happens. I, I much prefer Hereditary, the director's previous film, even though. The ending of that has a lot of problems. Uh, go see Toy Story 4. It's out on DVD now. Yes, yes, that's one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Forky. And uh, yes. We Are All Forky. Is we Are All Forky. My, yeah. And, and then... Uh, uh, really some interesting twists in that one, though. Yes. And coming. did you... And if you watch the DVD extras, there there was an extra... I guess I can tell this because it wasn't in the movie. This is an extra. There is a ending version of the movie that was not made where Jesse finds a new owner at the end of the movie. It's the girl that uh, the evil doll wants. Oh, yeah. They somehow make but they found that they they found out. It's not Bonnie. Not Bonnie. Not, no, Bonnie's uh, yeah, the, the, Bonnie's the new Andy. Yeah, that's right, yeah. But the the girl, but in a rewrite, they made them like they didn't bond at all, and so it doesn't make sense. So that's that's yeah. why they threw the that. The granddaughter out. of the antique store owner. Correct. Oh, right. Right. And but Jesse, in in one version of the story, Jesse and her would have made a bond, and then then Woody would have been alone. I love that uh, antique store. Oh, it had that's uh, great so stuff. it had so many toys from my childhood in it. <laughs> I had and a, a lot of Easter eggs about. 
other Pixar films. Oh. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, I know you probably talked about the uh, home video release of uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, but I actually yes. bought that, and the bonus stuff in that is really good. Including the stuff that's not in the movie that yeah, were they, that was in the trailers. Well, I remember that Dan, uh, Dan Buffett's little uh, son mentioned after Far From Home. So where's the scene with Spider-Man and the policeman? Right. It's in the short now, the uh, Peter Parker's to-do list, which is uh, okay. like a three or four minute short, which is delightful. Okay. Oh. Um, well, other DVD releases this week. Annabelle comes home, which you like. I did like Annabelle comes yeah, home. I more of the Warrens in that one. As I yes, recall. a lot more of the Warrens, and it. But I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Conjuring universe is becoming too big. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. My gosh, they got you know. They got, what, there are got seven the films now. They got now. the Nun. They got La Llorona. So they've got like three spinoffs already. They're wanting to be the Marvel Universe or something. But know. they, but they're smart the way they're doing them. They just keep releasing. What at least with Annabelle, the, you knew it was like, like the Curse of La Llorona. You did not know that because yeah. they didn't say it. They do on the DVDs now. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, this is it's part of the Conjuring Universe. They should have done that going in because it would have been uh, better. Also, uh, the Wedding Guest, Red Joan, and American Woman. I don't know what any of those American are. Was, uh, Sienna Miller? Sienna Miller and Aaron Paul. Oh, yeah. And it's the story <laughs> of a woman that's had it rough, but she learns strength and and uh, she turns her life around and uh, mm. d- realizes she doesn't really need a man to get by. And, it's frozen. And, and all that. And, uh, <laughs> now, Red Joan is with Dame Judy. Dame Judy right, Ranch which I... Like a, a, a mature woman, an older woman. That's a woman a sudden, of a certain age. Yes, all of a sudden accused of being a spy. Oh, that's the, she's, she's, uh, she's uh, Dame at the, she and the younger version is, who is that? I, I didn't see this, I didn't see the movie. It's somebody famous, it plays the younger version of Judy hmm. Dench. Cool. Um, I missed that one, and, but I did see the wedding guest, and uh, I enjoyed it. It's not, uh, it's not going to be on anybody's list, but it's Dev Patel trying to be uh, grown up and adult. Oh, yes, I and remember that. Yeah, and he's, I, he's, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that one. Wait, you it. did see it? Yeah, yeah. I it it could it, be, yeah. you know, as it's well. a good thriller. Yeah, yeah, and he's good in it, and yeah. uh, it it had some interesting twists and turns. Yeah, nice. so I kept me, it kept me going. Uh, Dan Buffett didn't like it because I remember you talked about that. But so that's a lot of things. Also, we didn't mention last week the Deadwood movie that was on HBO is now available in DVD streaming services. And so Chernobyl, the acclaimed miniseries that won a bunch of Emmys, is now available on the DVD. On DVD. So, yeah. Oh, DVD, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Now, for local uh, things, I was just checking to see if Young Frankenstein floated. Is it on? Is it off? And, 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 and as far as the website, uh, they don't have anything different. But Tom Stockman is one of the people involved because you know how he promotes things. Mm-hmm. At, it's, but it's at 7.30 tonight. Oh. And because uh, he usually does all that stuff at midnight. But what he had, and I, oh, I had this on here. Uh, Sophie Cookson plays the young Judy Dench. Sophie Cookson. Yes, I don't know who that is. No, no. So it's not a. <laughs> so I thought it was. I thought it's it was somebody famous, but man. maybe she is famous, and we yeah. just don't know who she is. Uh, Tom Stockman, he put it on STL Midnight and Cult Movie Fanatics. Is it? Maybe so, he's is just it still going on. It. Um, they don't have anything past October eighth. On the Facebook page, that was three days but, ago. But and I know, and KSDK is advertising it, and 
and everybody is. But uh, the Skyview Drive-In's having their annual Slash Fest, yes. which closes the drive-in for the, the winter. And you and I were there that one year because we honored Joe Williams right, at right. it. And um, had the original Halloween there. Yeah, yeah, that was 2015. Well, they have now they have one screen for kids, or I'm sorry, right. families, and the other one for adults. Right, yeah, right. tonight the Family Slash Fest is uh, first of all the box office opens at six it's going to be all three days friday saturday sunday mm-hmm. so it uh is going to be Coraline at eight That's and kids adam's one. family values at nine fifty. and then on that screen they will have the midnight showing of rocky horror picture show nice. and they're going to have the flustered mustard group do their live performance i'm sure that is a local yeah, that's like that group that uh, does it at the Tivoli. They got a different name. Though. Okay. Oh, it's like you know, yeah, yeah. lantern or something. Yeah, like they that. do a different, but they they just when they just break for doing some live bits, and then uh, this a uh, group that does music, Acoustic Crush. They're going to be at six fifteen every night doing music, on the hardcore slash fest screen. Yes. Two is Night of the Demons at 8 mm-hmm. and Creep Show at 9.40. See, now the weird thing about this is at the at the Skyview, you can see both screens from one car. So if you think you're taking the kids, make sure that they're watching the Coraline right. rather than uh, all the blood and guts on the other screen. Even though Creep Show's, in today's standards, Creep Show could probably be a PG-13 yeah, movie. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, yeah, oh, and the uh, and their midnight show there is, is the Blob, and it's the original Blob was nineteen fifty. Oh, it's the nineteen eighty eight. It, it is the version with uh, with Kevin Dillon. Yeah, uh, not oh, Steve wow. McQueen. Oh, Sophie Cookson was in uh, Kingsman movies. Okay, she was Lancelot. Yeah, I yeah. didn't see either. I think she of those. got blown up in the second one. I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Which was unfortunate because I think she's very talented. <laughs> twenty nine years old, young lady. Yes. So uh, yeah, so that is the. That's um, what's going on. Yeah, because they wanted to mix it up because last couple of years you know when they let the people vote it was always like Halloween and Night of the Living Dead which was what you and I saw there and Night of the Living Dead and that so now they're just fixing it good yeah yeah that so that's like what yeah and then of course we have a big sports weekend in town we do because the Cardinals begin their uh, National League Championship Series tonight against the Nationals with the Nationals and Max Scherzer I want to always Max say Scherzer. Scherzer as St. Louis St. Native. Louis boy it just uh, talked to the media about that apparently and uh, then we have this the is game. the Nationals first time to the NL CS because we beat them in such dramatic fashion in uh, 2013, uh, 12? 12. No. Yeah, no, because it was, it was, it was the year after, because remember we had that amazing Friday uh, night. Oh, so then it, that yeah, that was 11. 12 because the uh, championship series was the Nationals and then we got beat by San Fran in the division series. Okay. No, championship. And I'll yeah, do, yeah, it goes yeah. division, Just, then league championship. Right. We beat the Nats in the division. Okay. And then we went on to get our butts kicked by by the Giants yes. in 2012. That's and when was, they were going 12 for 12, and we didn't get that one. Yeah. And we, then we got then we lost in 13 also. 
And uh, yeah, but 13, we got farther than we did. Yes. But uh, uh, that famous Friday night game was the one where it was just like the David Freeze game, where we just kept tying it up and they kept being one out Uh away from winning. And we just kept coming back. And it was a year later. And it was like, you got to be kidding me. This is happening. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing game. Jim, tell us about the geeks. Well... Uh, let's see. We're we're online. We uh, I think uh, we have uh, like I say reviews this week of uh, the Adams Family Everything. by myself. Yeah, uh, Tom has uh, Tom Stockman at the Gemini Man, and I think Kate is uh, has or will be posting reviews. Oh well, she's doing Gemini Man. Tom did Lucy in the Sky, and I believe Kate got to see the movie Loro, which opened uh, actually at uh, tonight, I guess, at the Tivoli, which is from the director of Beautiful, the Italian. Uh, filmmaker so you know we're uh we're up and running and uh hopefully uh we'll be able to have some reviews of the movies opening next week i think the only screening of a big hollywood film we got for next week is is maleficent yes yes they're Uh, not screening double tap for us which is a shame because it looks very good from the the previews when is double tap what is it zombie zombie land 2 oh that's right i wasn't even thinking it was called i was just thinking zombie land 2 yeah well next week is also the release in the uh, two st louis theaters of dolmite dolmite is my name and how was it i think it's excellent i think it's I know this is Eddie Murphy's best work embargo, but there are reviews up of it already, and it's his his best work in a long time. Good, I, I want you. it to be good. And uh, this is written by the fellows that did uh, that wrote the screenplay for Ed Wood, and there are some similarities in the low budget filmmaking, and it's very entertaining. He's got a and he's got a great supporting cast. You know who the big surprise is of the supporting cast? How funny he is. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, Wesley Snipes is hilarious. Funny? Yes. Like Major League funny? Yes. He's very, he, he's very people good. forget that Wesley Snipes was very funny in Major League. And, not, uh, not the second yeah. one, but because he wasn't in the second one because he won more money. Yeah, well, you know, he, some of the people in this movie have had a checkered um, uh, career, I guess. We could say that. And yeah, uh, so did Dolomite. Uh, Titus Burgess from Unbreakable Kimmy Smith is in it mm-hmm. he's the voice of the Adams family also yeah oh and uh, mm-hmm. and so there's it's, it's a good Michael Keegan uh, Keegan Michael Key get it right get yeah. it right I'm sorry I always want to put the Keegan in the middle and uh, uh, so it is it is very uh, interesting and we'll talk about it next and week and we'll talk about it next week and then there's a Johnny Cash documentary there's also something else what else are we uh, is does uh, where's my Roy Cohn open next yes, Friday yes that's which right which we'll see Monday morning that's right I'm, there was another it Monday morning. I'm, I'm going to Maleficent on Monday night. Yes. All right. Okay. So um, everybody enjoy the weekend. Go Cards. Go Blues. Len, where can they find you? They can find me on timesnewspapers.com and also KTRS usually every Thursday night, but t- they moved it to tonight because John McEwen of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, oh, wow. um, they were having a long interview with him. Good. So I okay. I was okay with that. My name is Carl Middleman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern. You can hear me on the Entercom family of radio stations here in St. Louis. I, this week I was on Y98. I was on KMOX and KFDK. And next week, not this week, you will hear me on Maxim Movies on KTRS. That's a lot of things I'm doing. Yes, I wish I was getting paid for that. All right. All about our brands, right? All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you, thing. I like the thing that you said that, what was that one a couple weeks ago, Toodaloo? Toodaloo.